Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's the how-to fun show of the year. With Bob. Why are you torturing me? I'm just a man. And Sherry. So you the girl with that big voice I've been hearing so much about. And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And welcome to the Bob and Sherry show. We got Doc here. We got Max. Lamar is with us and Bob and Sherry. And I was online yesterday. I think these people were from Reddit, but it could have been another source. Anyway, there, there was a question. Here is the question, and I want you to hear the first response to the question. The question was, looking back on your wedding day, what are some of the things that you would change? And the first answer was the groom. The groom. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw, and that's all she said. There was no elaborate, uh, elaborate backup on it or anything. It was just the groom. And the other comments, after, because she was the first one in, whoever this woman was, the other comments were, yeah, girl, that's right. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> one after another. I, whoever posted it, you know, they probably were expecting, well, you know, I wish the colors of the bridesmaids' dresses were a little lighter. <laughs> the groom. Oh God, that is that is just so classic. You know, I, I've said before that everybody wants to be in show business, and it's becoming that fact. When you see some people dancing on TikTok, you you say to yourself, "These people are fantastic. They should be on Broadway." Look at these people dancing, and of course, the singers on the TV shows and on TikToks and Facebook and all. Um, that is a woman who had such a comedy mind, if only for that moment, that line to the to the setup, looking back on your wedding day, what would be the one thing you would change? The groom. That's right out of a great situation comedy, is it not? It's perfect. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. It's perfect. You don't. I have to say about TikTok, um, love it or hate it, TikTok is proof that there are so many incredibly talented and charismatic regular people in this world. There just are. Whether you yeah. want to give it to them or not, there just are. And these are people that will never win an Oscar or have their own TV show or whatever. There's an awful lot of really talented people out there. Mary called me into her lair last night, and she's sitting there. The bed is, you know, up, and it's got 95 pillows, and she's watching TikTok. TikTok, she says, I don't, I don't bother you with these, but you got to see this. And evidently, there's some sort of a dance competition. I think it might be in Great Britain where people meet for the first time. They are not dance partners. They are not boyfriend, girlfriend. They've never known each other 
for a second, the music starts and they have to ad lib the uh, dance step. They have to create their own dance routine. I looked at these two people and they look like just everyday people. My jaw dropped. That's how good they were. How they could feel the the where how they were going to move. They were doing like swing dancing that she would be spun around. Ooh. At one point, he spins around five times on his toe. You know, I've seen Michael Jackson spin around once or twice. This guy spun around five times on his toe, grabs her. She's up in the air. I mean, it was it was incredible. That That is actually a show I think I would watch, and I don't even know what it is. Can I TikTok, tell you something you know, about dancers? Yeah. Because you see a mm-hmm. lot of what you see in, in those kind of TikToks. Those people are dancers. Yeah. And the thing about dancers that you don't know if you've never been in that world is they can all do that. What you just described, they can all improvise like that because they've spent their lives learning the language of dance. And they just, I have seen some unbelievable, totally improvised performances because dancers can just do that. And that's my point. Look at all these wildly talented people out there that can do these really cool things. And they're not famous and they never will be. It's great. Yeah. George Burns once said, I wish everybody could be in show business. He said that because he had had such a wonderful life, you know, in, in movies, on TV, doing stand-up in Vegas and all. And uh, when I read that, I read his autobiography, I laughed out loud and I said, well, everybody can't. But <laughs> I think maybe I'm being proven wrong because of TikToks. Let me ask you something, Sherry, on the dancing deal. Uh, musicians, you can take somebody that is a great musician, guitar player, and another guy's a great musician and guitar player they can walk up and immediately start playing because they speak that language, if you will. Yup. Is dance have that language? It's the same. It is. I I was. They understand um, it. They understand it. My youngest won an improv contest once. Um, You go up on the stage. You have no idea what's coming. And they they started. And the, the deal with this contest was it was, um, period dance like so periods of music without having any idea what was coming they started playing the music and you go from the cha-cha to like the mashed potato the pony the hustle the electric slide and with no idea what order any of it's coming in you just have to respond to the music and transition literally from a dance they did in the 60s to one they did last week and these dancers can do that. It's just like yeah. musicians who can improvise. It's so cool. Yep. I mean, that's TikTok why I get a is, lot of wedding invites. I get a lot oh, of wedding I know. invites. You can, of that. you can cut a rug, as they say, but yeah, right. that's TikTok is whatever it is, and a lot of it isn't great. But man, is it a showcase for some cool talent. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Everybody always talks about how awful it is that the divorce rate in this country is so high. And it is terrible. It's over 50 percent. And that's and that's bad. But when you step back and you say to yourself, there are so many things that could irritate me by living with someone forever. It's amazing that the divorce rate isn't 90 percent. I'll give you an example. I have a great marriage, and I do believe my my wife loves me. I really do. But we are on top of each other. We both work out of the same house, different sides of the house. When we're finished, we're together. Uh, It's amazing uh, that it works this well. She goes and watches TV, you know, one side of the house. I go to 
watch TV and the other. We have dinner together and, and all of that. But there are little things, evidently, that just build up. And, and the person who is the irritant sometimes does not realize that he is. I'll give you an example. I have this retainer that I put in my mouth every night so that I don't snore and so that I don't grind my teeth. And so, you know, they're just two little pieces of plastic and I, I pop them in there and I go to sleep and it works great. Well, <clears throat> the night before I pop them in, there's a little bowl and, uh, you know, I put a cleaner in there and then I take them out, shake them off and I'm going, okay, I don't want to put them in yet because I'm going to watch TV. I'll go get two little squares of toilet paper and I'll let them dry out on this because I don't want them wet when I put them in my mouth. So I get up and I've been doing wait, this for can, about a wait, week. Wait, wait, wait. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Let <laughs> 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 me fan myself let, with it. I knew you were going to say that. Let, let me fan get to myself it, a little bit. <laughs> let me get, please let me get to it. All right. So I've been doing this. It's a new thing. I've been doing this, uh, you know, for about a week. And she comes over to me while I'm cooking. And she says, what's up with the uh, two squares of toilet paper? How long has this been going on? I went, what do you mean? She goes, right by your sink, there's two pieces of toilet paper. I get up every morning and I see them there. I went, yeah. You know, I let my retainer dry out. She goes, I don't like it. I went, what do you mean you don't like it? Just, I, don't, I, I don't like looking at it. And I went, mean. you don't like looking at it. You know, I got I got this plastic in my mouth, so I don't disturb you snoring. And I just want to clean it and, and put it in my mouth so that it's comfortable. It's just two little squares of toilet paper. She goes, uh, I just noticed it and I don't like it. So I got a decision to make, you know. There are a lot of different ways I could go with it. You know what I did? I moved those two squares of toilet paper over next to her sink. <laughs> so the first. <laughs> Just last night, I haven't gotten a reaction yet. Love what's going to be. What, I know. What is it? Uh, it? It's got nothing to do with her. What is it that just visually it's, it's an irritant and she just does not want to see it. And we all have things like this. Oh yeah. It's oh, you yeah. either roll with it or you don't roll with it. Right. Oh, like yeah. she leaves, she leaves her makeup mirror on 24 seven. I'm the one that has to go around and turn off her makeup mirror throughout the day. And uh, it's just what I do. So I'm complaining about it, but I, you know, two little squares of toilet paper and I'm irritating her. I don't know how people stay together. Because that's just one little thing. And look how irritating that one little thing is. Yeah. First thing in the morning, she sees it. And she's off to a bad start because of this. There are so many things like that in my world. So many. And you just have to say to um, I am, like, I have certain things that I'm really, like, uptight about i don't like any dishes in the sink like you can tell who raised me right i don't like any dishes in the sink i cannot even imagine doing something directly on the countertop without a plate or a cutting board i I, it's unthinkable to me yeah Um, yeah i don't like that either 
I walk around this house in like a bandolier of Kleenex wipes and Windex bottles. I, if I see a ring on a table, like from a glass, I seize up inside like a broken toy. And then in other ways, like I can fold a load of towels and leave them sitting on the couch for four days and not even be troubled by that. But there are certain things that I just cannot handle. And it all has to do with any surface that might be sticky or have a crumb on it. Can't, can't, can't handle it at all. He buzzes his hair every day. And sometimes he does it in the driveway. and Sometimes he does it in the shower, I guess, just depending on the weather or what have you. If it's in the shower and he doesn't um, deal with it immediately, it's like it's like an active crime scene. I just can't go. <laughs> yeah, this is my point. There are so many traps that you can fall in to irritate the person you're living with because you're living with them. They don't he, you don't go away. They don't go away. You know, we, we went to Target. Um, the other night to um, get some wrapping paper and stuff for, for Ada's birthday present. And he wandered off and I didn't know where he was. And it turns out he was looking at toaster ovens. We just have a toaster, like an old school toaster. You know, you put the bread yeah, and it yeah. pops up. He, yeah. he, want, he wants a toaster oven. I don't want a toaster oven because they take up a ton of space in the kitchen, but he really wants a toaster oven. So he's off looking at toaster ovens. Now, he did not buy one. He was just looking at them. I guess he's waiting for the toaster oven of his wildest dreams to appear on a store shelf. And uh, we're driving home and he tells me, he goes, you just can't beat a toaster oven. When we get one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you my famous sliced bread pizza. And I said, I'm sorry, what? So do you do you mean God? Do you mean just like a slice, a slice of bread or like French bread? He goes, no, no, just a slice of bread. And I thought to myself, girl, you knew, he, girl, girl, listen, you knew he was a mitigon when you married him, and you have to live in that place now. You're married to a mitigon. He puts crackers in your bolognese sauce, and he wants to buy a black and decker toaster oven so that he can make you sliced bread pizza. And girl, you just need to accept that as the gift of love that it is. And remember, this is yep. how the Mitigons roll. And you knew that. You made your That's bed. the way to look at it. And now That's you need to lie to in it, it with a piece of Wonder Bread, ketchup, and cheddar cheese on it. Pretend yeah. it's pizza. Yeah. That's your life, yeah. girl. That's, That's you. right. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got Morons in the News, and it's straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. Do it. Let's go. Go. Bob and Sherry. Idiot! With Morons in the News. So you've heard the Florida man stories. What happens, though, when a Florida man goes out of state? Well, sometimes it ain't good. This is Fort Bend County, Texas. One man from Florida was arrested after a high-speed police chase while he was driving a semi. I have seen the video on this thing, and according to authorities, the chase began in Montgomery County, Texas, when police responded to a report of reckless driving with a semi-truck. They pulled the guy over, they found a controlled substance, and then... The dude decided to take off with the semi. I'm just going to describe what I saw. This went on for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours he's driving a semi to get away from the police. At one point, 
we've all been on a highway where there's a median in between. And I'm not talking about a big grassy median, but like um, a swath of concrete. At one point to get away from the police, because there were cars backing him up, he took he went around the cars up on the median with a semi at about 50 <laughs> miles an hour and started and then got back on the highway. Now, there are helicopters that are being called out. Uh, police in a couple of counties are setting up to try to pull him over and all. He will not stop. What gets in a guy? I guess it's drugs. That's the only thing I can think of because you cannot blend in with a semi. <laughs> he was doing like 80 miles an hour. Cars were, one guy said, I didn't know what to look at. The driver, the 18-wheeler, the cops, everything was just moving so fast. He almost killed people. And they finally pulled him over. They got him over and arrested him. That is, it's one of the most insane videos that I've ever seen. <laughs> Let's it's like it. the Fast and the Furious with a truck. It's, it's... <laughs> The slow and the disastrous. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Lamar, over to you. Well, four men have been charged over the theft of an 18-carat gold toilet from Blenheim Palace, the English country mansion, where British wartime leader Winston Churchill was born. The toilet, valued at 4.8 million pounds, which is 9 million American dollars, was an artwork titled America, and it is intended as a pointed satire by the artist. Seven people have been arrested over the toilet, but no charges have been brought. Uh, and that's been going on for four years. The golden commode has never been found. It was fully functioning, and prior to the theft, visit- visitors to the exhibition could book a three-minute appointment to use it. The Guggenheim Museum in New York, where the artwork was installed uh, in a bathroom prior to it being shown, at the uh, palace, described the toilet as cast in 18-karat gold. The museum said the artwork invited viewers to make use of the fixture individually and privately to experience unprecedented intimacy with a work of art. Um, the, the whole thing was intended to be a satire about excessive wealth. Uh, previously, the artist had said, whatever you eat, a $200 lunch or a $2 hot dog, the results are the same toilet-wise. Will we ever see that toilet again? Personally, I wonder if it's in the shape of a toilet, to be perfectly honest, the police commissioner said. If you have that large amount of gold, I think it seems more likely that someone has already melted it down and disposed of it. Sadly, this is a mystery with no clues, and sadly, there is no place to go. (laughs) Get it? To go. I got it. To go, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to take all this in. First of all, as an American, I'm offended. I am totally offended that we, our society is being reflected that way. And I know we're not perfect. The other thing is that's a lot of gold. My goodness. When I heard the that original price, I just thought, why would it be that much? But solid gold. Oh, my God. I think it was melted yeah. down. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it was, was melted down. And finally, There's... I've got one for sports fans. Um, in the uh, for the NBA's um, tournament, the in-season tournament, they had to correct the three-point line on the Nuggets' court. It was painted too far back, which meant that um, when you stood to do a three-point shot, it it was off. The line was in the wrong place. And oh, what, yeah. Um, Grant Williams, who plays for Dallas, yeah, said yeah. 
something's off here. There's no way this is supposed to be this far back. Everything was short. He said, I could tell from perception that, and maybe it was the blue cord. It was messing with my eyes or that this line is wrong. And it was too far back. So um, they painted it. And Grant Williams said when he went back out to practice, you could still see the faint remains of the of the wrong the line the that was wrong. He said yeah, you can yeah. still tell it's kind of marked up, so it's going to be weird, but we'll make it work. Imperfections happen, and you just have to adjust. I I know that we don't have any adults anymore, and that none of us are any good with math, but. I think a clever chimp can operate a tape measure. So why yeah, why why we are painting the lines right on these courts for the NBA tournament? Isn't that wild? That is that morons is. in the news coming up. We've got comic Paul Sheffield. We have a round of Bob and Sherry small plates. And if you're a person who thinks you don't dream, you're wrong. Everybody does. But there's a reason why some people remember and some people don't. And we got it all coming up for you. How to remember your dreams. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Health experts are now saying that walking backward is good for you. And we all should be doing it if we want to stay in shape. Quote, and this is from uh, Grayson Wickham, a physical therapist. I think it's amazing to add some backward walking to your day. Why is backward walking so helpful or motion so helpful? When you're propelling yourself forward, that's a hamstring dominant movement. Uh, And if you're uh, walking backwards, it's a roll reversal where your quads are firing and you're doing knee extensions. I am just picturing my wife's face. She looks out when she's working out on the driveway and she can see me. I am just picturing her face if I've got on what she calls my Tom Sawyer hat and I'm walking backwards out of the house toward the street. I, <laughs> I'm going to get a video. She'll roll video and text it to me. At that point, I think she's calling her, she's calling Lynette or she's calling Madison saying, I just don't, he's, he's totally losing it now. He's how, walking how, backwards. How much distance do we have to cover backwards? Well, they don't say, but you know who's been doing this for years and years and years? Oh, Gwyneth Mick, Paltrow. Let me just Mick, guess. No, Mick, well, she may. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger on one of his estates where, you know, there are no cars. He's got a driveway, you know, as long as the FDR. He, he walks backwards and, and kind of jogs backwards. And I tell you what, for a guy who's 80 years old, it looks like he's in pretty good shape. So there must be something to it. You would have to have an open area, wouldn't you? Or you're going to walk into the street, not know where you are. <laughs> so keep that in mind, folks. You really want to stay in shape. There's a new one for you. Backward walking. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> we are so excited about Bob and Sherry Premium. Well-marbled, juicy, and always fresh with loads of behind-the-scenes photos and videos. Exclusive content, including our classic chat room calls and our best of CDs. And best of all, it's just $4.99 a month. BobandSherry.com slash premium. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters, so make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Paul Sheffield. But I did, uh, I'm a Jeep guy. I drive a Jeep. 
Oh, they, yeah. You always can tell if there's another Jeep in the crowd. They're like, yep, me too. It's always, there's a culture. I didn't realize that like different cars have different cultures. Like all Jeep drivers will like nod at each other. Like the first couple of weeks I was like, what's going on? Oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So I'll always nod back. I have adopted the club. But it's great because like different cars have different things that they do. Like Jeep drivers will nod at each other. Subaru drivers wink at each other, start flirting a little bit. And BMW drivers just flip everyone off. So there's a culture with your different cars. But man, I, I do get road rage a lot and I blame a lot of it on bumper stickers. I don't understand how bumper stickers exist still. I'm just gonna say a statement. I don't care if you agree. But it just has to be said, if your opinion has ever been changed by a bumper sticker, you're stupid. I've just got to say it. It needs to be put out there. <laughs> but to be fair, I don't think that's ever actually happened. No one's ever been driving down the street. You know, maybe I should become a vegan. That has never in the history of the world ever happened. Some bigots driving down the road. I hate all religions that aren't mine. Religions are dumb and stupid and all they do is fight with each other. And what's that? What's that bumper sticker say? Cold? coexist with religious symbols, all of them working together? You've done it. I'm a changed man. Thank you, coexist bumper sticker. Thank you. I feel like it would start a riot before it solved anything, but that's just me. And here's what I don't understand about bumper stickers. Why are you choosing to share your private opinion in a public arena where there's so much anger already, and more importantly, choosing to share that opinion with the person driving directly behind you, who probably already hates your guts before they knew how much you loved hiking. I don't understand the logic there. And I do get road rage, I do get angry on the road a lot, and it's safe to say that I will judge someone's driving based on their bumper sticker. I do it all the time, and I know I can't be alone in this. Like, I'll read a bumper sticker that says, teach peace. And I'll say, oh, I don't know about peace, but someone needs to teach you to get in the right-hand lane so we can go faster than the speed limit in the left lane. Who cares about peace? I'm gonna teach you how to file an insurance claim in a second. Get out of my way. The best things in life aren't things. No, the best thing in life is being on time for work and not stuck behind some Nancy who can't make a left-hand turn. Come on, Love animals, don't eat them. Well, I was gonna have a salad for lunch until you cut me off, and now I'm killing something with a pulse. I promise you that. Sometimes you see a car with 40 bumper stickers on it. They love, value, and cherish everything, except the resale value of their car. But you know that, they bought a Saturn. You're not surprised, that's <laughs> that, is, that is comedian Paul Sheffield. And we'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Now, while you're there, you can look at, you can see all the comedians we've ever featured when you click the menu tab and look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. But you can also nominate your favorite teacher to win an incredible vacation at Margaritaville, Fort Myers, Florida. We're giving nice. away a trip every month and we're awarding teachers Bob and Sherry swag every week. And you can sign up for the Bob and Sherry newsletter. We never spam you. We just load it up with all kinds of fun stuff, including some contests and things that we don't do on the regular show. And you can get all of that at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. If you have a high school student who is in your house, 
and they're thinking about what college they want to go to. And a lot of them will be doing that more and more after the first of the year. I have a list here of some unusual courses that you can major in in institutions around the country, and I'm going to run them by you right now. For instance, at MIT, you can be certified in being a pirate if you complete the courses of pistol, archery, sailing, and fencing. You can officially be called a pirate. I would have loved that. Oh, oh my gosh. Do you know how many people we know would have loved that? An official pirate? A pirate. Yeah. And, you know, at MIT, it's probably only 80,000 a year, so your parents would feel good about your going and getting a degree. That's money well spent. And and being a pirate. Um, This one is a degree that you can get in Ireland. This person says, you can now get a degree in Ireland at a certain college called an influencer. And she goes on to say, my generation keeps disappointing me, which I think is funny. Um, At a uh, graduation at the University of Redlands, they have a degree whereby you basically take the classes you want and you call it what you want. One person had a degree in still trying to figure out who I am. Now, it's, it's very easy to laugh at that, but you know what? There's honesty there. And you tell me what college kid that you knew that wasn't, unless he's going to be a doctor or something like that, wasn't a little bit confused going through school. So that is a course that you can take. Listen to this one. Would you as a parent want your kid majoring in post-medieval Russian music? It's very narrow, you know. You think? Post-medieval <laughs> sure. Russian music. Honest to God, I guess if you're in academia, you, you could find a gig somewhere in that. But holy cow. Al, what are you studying, Allie? Post-medieval Russian music. Okay. Um, outdoor activities. It's not really explained what it is, but, you know, you're outdoor doing something. Puppetry. You can become, a, you can get a doctorate in puppetry at the University of Connecticut, UConn. I just have to say, in all seriousness, I think there are more job opportunities in puppetry than there are in our industry. Because you think about all of the, think of all of the big um, amusement parks, think about the entertainment industry, think about movies, think, I mean, think about Sesame Street. Yeah. Kids' parties. I I yeah. think there is more out there for your puppet graduates. Your <laughs> puppet masters. For your yeah. Vacations majors. At some colleges around the world, you can get a degree studying the Beatles, and you know that sounds like fluff at first glance, but their stuff was pretty sophisticated. Their career was pretty amazing, and it continues to this day. Have you seen the new Beatles video? It's really amazing to watch. The the idea that they're around with a new video and a song out and the Rolling Stones have a smash LP. I mean, is this a time machine? It's wild. I I, I can't remember exactly when it was. It was in the last week or so. I was flipping channels and I came on Turner Classic 
and the mm-hmm. Beatles movie A Hard Day's Night was on. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen that. I've never oh, seen really? it. And so I I watched about 45 minutes of it. I fell asleep. I mean, it was late. I watched about 45 minutes of it. And I, I mean, I I guess I didn't really understand it, except that it capitalized on Beatlemania. And so yeah, it, it was did, go- it, it was goofy and surreal and hard to explain. Right. How do you even explain that movie, Bob? It's very hard, especially to explain it to like uh, a Gen Z person. Um, but this was before music videos. Yeah, yeah. And everybody wanted to see them, but they they were going to stop touring or back off touring a little bit. And so it was a chance to see what Beatlemania was, what it looked like, and see them singing some songs. And there were some and cheeky jokes in there, you know, they you were doing really like look for goofy things. Like when I first um, hit the channel, they were running around and doing like goofy things in a field. And then some man came and yelled at them. Yeah. It's it's just, just, it's you know so, what the message was? The message yeah. was we're having so much fun and yeah. I hope you have fun, too. But really, you're not going to have as much fun as we're having right now. I think that's what the message is. You have to just put it in its in its time period to appreciate yep. it. Plus, it's in black and white. All right, so uh, those are a few things that uh, somebody in your family uh, might be able to. Oh, by the way, if they don't like any of those, uh, you can major at Amherst at the University of Massachusetts in Frisbee. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Small Plates is sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. All right, folks, it's time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Dolly Parton's rock album is going to be released on November 17th. It's called Rockstar, and she has all these rock artists, and she sings duets with them. And one of the people that she wanted to do a duet with was Joan Jett. And Dolly said, when I called her up, I said, I want to do I Love Rock and Roll with you. And she said, I'd like to be on your album, but I don't want to do that song. And Dolly said, why? She said, everybody does that song. I want to sing with you this song. John Jett said anybody can sing I Love Rock and Roll, but that's this is a song that's got some bite. And Dolly Parton said, you know what? You are exactly right. And that's going to be on the album, too. I can't wait to hear that. I oh, yeah, that's going to be great. That's yeah. going to be really great. All right, let's stay with some uh, celebrities here. Britney Spears' memoir, which we all know is out. This thing is flying off the shelves. Worldwide sales, including ebooks and audiobooks, have just reached two and a half million copies moved. That's a lot of books. That's a tremendous, a lot. That's, I mean, unbelievable. I could not believe the, the photograph that she posted the other. I don't want to get into it too much, but she's on a beach completely nude with her backside to you. And I'm going, Brittany, you don't need to do that. You don't need to sell books that way. 27, according to this study, 27, the age of 27, is the age people have the most hookups. 27. 69% said they would only start a relationship with someone they have real chemistry with. So that says to me 31% would be okay with 
I really don't feel anything for you, but I got nothing to do right now. Let's, let's go for it. Um, 20, the, the, uh, the age 27 sounds about right to me. I, um, I don't know. I mean, I doesn't um, fit my life, but what about you, Lamar? Yeah, no. Uh, well, at 27, I already had kids and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's different. Yeah. Every, everybody, yeah, yeah. everybody is different. Yeah. Uh, the mustache is back. One in three guys under the, this is worldwide, one in three guys under the age of 25 have a mustache today. Are you noticing a lot more younger guys with the mustache? The mustache has never left. Well, the never left your upper lip. never left. Never left left you. I got rid of it. But um, I am seeing, I think, a few more guys that, uh, because Hampton has friends and everything, that have mustaches. Now, I don't know how long that's going to last, but uh, the stash is back. The hot new wedding color. When I was was visiting my mom last weekend, uh, we went out for breakfast, and there was a guy at the next table. He was like maybe 24. He had the most unironic 1975 Burt Reynolds mustache. I haven't seen it since, like, I don't know, Smokey and the Bandit or something. It was, it was such a museum piece of a mustache, and he, and yeah, it's back, Bob. It's back in a big way. It's back in a big way. Guys feel, especially younger guys, feel that they can look a little bit more uh, authoritative, a little bit older. You know, I mean, that's why I grew one, not not for the authoritative look. But uh, to look a little bit older with that baby face. But, of course, I looked like an idiot, not really a, a little bit older. Uh, the hot new wedding color is Marseille blue, which is basically cobalt, uh, co- uh, cobalt uh, blue. Uh, they say, designers say it goes with everything. And other wedding trends are celebrant-led ceremonies, rented decor, and social media-savvy wedding content creators who you pay to get your wedding to look good on TikTok. I'm kind of sad about that last one. The other ones are kind of cool. I don't know. What's the deal with celebrant-led ceremonies? So I guess the bride and the groom would get the microphone and say, hey, thank you all for coming out to our wedding. Boy, oh, Uncle Ernie, good to see you. Glad you can. Is that what it is? They're like the MCs of their own wedding, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been to a wedding where, I mean, I have been to a wedding where the bride and groom sort of sang to each other, but I don't know if that's Yeah, but that's, that's different than running the whole show with the microphone. This, this, this is one of my favorite stories that I've seen in a while. Butler University, which is a great school, Butler University is creating a two-year debt-free college degree. The university is offering a two-year debt-free program to help underserved students get their degree. Butler is in Indianapolis. They're creating the program so students with a demonstrated financial need can get an associate's degree, and then you can get your complete bachelor's degree for $5,000 a year. Loyola University in Chicago and the University of St. Thomas in Minneapolis have also launched similar programs. I think that's fantastic. Isn't that great? So um, you yes. you uh, you roll out of college with a bachelor's degree and you owe t- uh, $10,000 and not $100,000, which is the way it, it should be. Heinz has announced the creation of pickle ketchup. This is good news for you, Sherry. 
Heinz is jumping on the pickle craze. The condiment company has announced it's releasing pickle ketchup. The ketchup mixes the classic flavor with pickle flavor and is going to drop right after the first of the year. They came up with a combo because 73% of people love pickles. It's already there in uh, Great Britain and people are loving it. And finally, the national, and I'm going to go to this, the National World War II Museum's final phase has its opening ceremony. It just happened. Tom Hanks was in attendance. He gave a speech. And when you go there, you can see so many exhibits that um, are from World War II, including a new edition that features an exhibit about Anne Frank, including a replica of the concealed apartment where she and her family hid from the Nazis for two years. That, again, is in New Orleans. So there's another reason to go there. That's it. Small plates. This is Bob and Sherry. On the current episode of the True Weird Stuff podcast. It's best not to think too much about this hotel room. Best not to think of how many other bodies have occupied this space, curled up in this bed, stared through those windows, knelt on the cold tile of that bathroom floor. How many human dramas, small and large, have played out within these walls. If ever a place has the right to be haunted, it's a hotel, especially an old hotel. One where a guest checked in, but never left. At least, not alive. The only witness to what happened in that room is the room itself. And old buildings are very good at keeping their secrets. In the short time it took for police officers and a doctor to get to the 10th floor of the hotel president, something very bizarre happened. Entering room 1046, they found the guest in the bathtub. He was bound at the ankles and wrists with a length of clothesline, part of which was wrapped tightly around his neck. The man had been stabbed repeatedly in the chest, puncturing one lung. His head was battered, the skull fractured. Not all the blood was fresh. The doctor examining the man calculated that many of his injuries were between six and seven hours old. And you'll notice that I said examining the man and not examining the body. Because despite his grave injuries and near strangulation, the guest known as Roland T. Owens was still alive, barely. According to witnesses, Owen managed to choke out these words. Nobody hurt me. He said that he'd only fallen against the bathtub and that was the last thing Roland T. Owens ever said in this lifetime. He slipped into a coma and died the next day. A new episode drops tomorrow of the True Weird Stuff podcast. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and the free Bob and Sherry app. Now it's time for the Bob and Sherry feature, simply known as... Bob, 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 people bob want to yes. speak to you directly all right how can i help them how can i help the people i love it bob 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 oak trees do not produce nuts they produce acorns you had acorns in your pool sweetie not nuts <laughs> yeah i know um 
but saying that the you know nuts in the pool you know uh took a little poetic license just to get a smile maybe shouldn't have but, but would you would you not agree sherry that nuts in the pool um, nuts in the has pool different it does than acorns you know? Yeah. See, this yeah. this is the yeah. problem, Bob, of being a professional entertainer. Is that sometimes? Yeah, that's exactly right. You have to take it. It's all a part of being in show business, mm -hmm. though. You know. But sometimes the craft, the craft yeah. of your yeah. your craft. Is, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, yeah. be glad that uh, Kevin didn't hear that because he maintains that the correct pronunciation of the word A C O R N is not acorn, but acorn. And anytime acorn. someone says acorn, anytime <laughs> someone says acorn, he correct, he gently points out that it's acorn, which is why I have now taken to calling them nuts, just so I can be spared the acorn acorn debate. <laughs> Thank, come on over. Come I'm on, on your, over. It's easier. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Uh, we have another one for you, Bob, Bob, Bob. Hey there, everybody. Uh, this is Heather of Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I just wanted to say, Bob, that... I guess be careful pronouncing the word peanuts because it doesn't always sound like you're saying peanuts. And I thought you should know that as a fellow Virgo, just figured to uh, give you something else to judge yourself on. But um, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, love listening to you guys. I listen to you every day and I listen to everything because it's all awesome. <laughs> I'll be listening to you soon. Bye, guys. Have a good day. This, this Bob, Bob, Bob has a theme. <laughs> yes, is. it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> my you wife says me that the legume fan. My wife says that I pronounce it uh, possibly um, with a with a bit of uh, confusion. Peanuts. You do, yeah. Peanuts. No, you don't. Peanuts. Say, right now, you're saying peanuts. But and I think it's a, a Connecticut thing. You say peanuts, and when you're talking fast, and if somebody wasn't half listening, it sure sounds like you're enjoying Mister Peanuts roasted salted something. You know, it's just um, the accent. I, I I love I love what was her name Heather from Knoxville. I, she was, just sounded so cute and everything, and I love you, Heather. But you know, Heather, you have a dirty mind when it comes right down to it. I'm just talking about you know a, a little a snack. Where is your head, Heather? That that's what you picked up on. Well, here's what I picked up on from Heather's message. I think of all of the things that have happened to you as a result of this job. I think that the worst thing might be the branding of you as a Virgo, because you're for most <laughs> of the time I've known you, you have been like, oh, astrology. And it's been so constant that even now, occasionally, Bob will go, well, you know, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> it's just like you've been defeated by it. It's given up for some and reason, accepted that you're a I Virgo. I don't know anything about astrology, but for some reason, the Virgo <laughs> sign is equated to being very picky, you know, really a picky about everything, right? Almost, almost to the point of being antisocial. And I know what you're going to say. Hmm. Maybe there's something to this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to admit, you have to, even you know, 
even though it's a terrible thing that has happened to you, that after everything else you've accomplished, people go, oh, yeah, he is such a Virgo. Even you know that you are <laughs> such a Virgo. Even you know that. I am not listening to any more of this. I'm going to go out and put some nuts in the pool and uh, have some peanuts with a nice cold drink <laughs> and forget about it. Hey, straight ahead, do. guys. Can we talk about, um, and I know that the People's Movie Critic will review it, Sofia Coppola's movie Priscilla. I read oh, an yeah. interview with Priscilla Presley that I was like, mm-hmm. girl, what? <laughs> I mean, you kind of knew some things, but you didn't know how much of it was true and how much of it was just part of the myth. Oh, my gosh. Turns out more of it was true than was myth. So let's talk about the Priscilla Presley movie straight ahead. And then how to remember your dreams. Because even if you think you're not having them, you are. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Sofia Coppola is producing a movie called Priscilla. And of course, it is about Elvis's beautiful wife. And she read Priscilla's book, which was out not long ago, called Elvis and Me. And she was so moved by it that she said, this is a movie. And I'm sure Lamar eventually will will review it. And you heard uh, an interview with uh, Priscilla recently? Read an interview with Priscilla. And, you know, I didn't, I just, I only knew of the stuff about Elvis that everybody knows. And and I mm-hmm. went to Graceland. Um, our whole family went to Graceland because I love that kind of kitschy stuff. And I have to tell you, I was at, I was openly weeping in the section of Graceland where they have wedding pictures and Priscilla's wedding dress. It, it, I don't know. There was just something so emotional about it, even though I didn't know like the backstory that Priscilla shared and Elvis and me. Before I tell you some of what she said in this interview. Max, can we play a little bit of the trailer? It's kind of spooky for Priscilla. Hi. What's your name? Priscilla Boyer. You like Elvis Presley? Of course. Who doesn't? What are the kids listening to these days? Bobby Darren, Fabian, and you. (laughs) Just what is the intent here, Mr. Presley? You got women throwing themselves at you. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter. She's much more mature than her age. 21! That's 22. That's 22. 22. You don't have to worry about it. Black hair and more eye makeup. I don't know if I like it. What do you mean you don't know if you like it? It just gives me the the creepies a little bit. And I have to say, the actor um, playing Elvis, I think, does a real good job here. Um, It's what's-his-name from uh, Euphoria on HBO. Um, Jacob, um, you know who I'm talking about, Lamar. Uh, Ellerty, is that how he says his name? Anywho, so um, Priscilla said that she never got remarried after Elvis died because she said, well, no one could match Elvis. And she yeah. never got yeah. remarried after she and Elvis divorced because she said he couldn't have handled that, which I thought was very, very interesting, isn't it? It was such a strange relationship. I mean, she met him when she was 14 years old, and it, it was not a physical thing from 
everything that I've read. And then you hear in the movie clip there, you hear Elvis talking to her father saying, I, I would like to have her come and live in Graceland. <laughs> and uh, evidently she did. He, he signed off on it. And um, she left Germany and came to the United States. I thought that uh, he, he became so enamored with black hair because he wanted to look like a movie star like Tony Curtis. And so the, the famous black velvet uh, hair color became his thing. His, his hair was really dark, dark brown. But it became black, and um, he, I think he wanted her to match. And in the wedding photos, if you've ever seen the wedding photo of them cutting the cake, her hair is – you talk about big hair. She has enormous hair, and she has a lot of makeup and uh, these long, fake eyelashes. And I looked at that and then saw another picture of her with, like, no makeup on. She looked prettier. You know, this is just another guy. Every guys, you know, have different things that kind of float their boat. But I, the, the more innocent look, I thought, was more attractive. But he just liked that really, really almost Elvira sort of uh, sort of look that uh, he encouraged her to get. Well, she she talked about how when um, her parents agreed to let her go back to America and live at Graceland, she went to school every day in Memphis and came home every day to Graceland. And Priscilla maintains that she and Elvis did not consummate their relationship until their wedding night. And she said that she, over time, was pushing for, before they were married, like pushing for more because her life was so strange. Is she his girlfriend? Is she his progeny is she his child like what is going on here and elvis told her um you need to let me decide when that happens and i i don't know what it is about this little anecdote that made me go <laughs> I, I i don't know i think maybe because uh, i can vividly remember being that age and i have daughters i don't know bob lamar max doc there's just something a little like <laughs> about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's very, unsettling. it's very strange. Unsettling. And yeah. I, I love Elvis. I, I just, you know, I have so many of his um, records and I've seen, I've even seen some of his movies and people always make fun of his movies. The, the, the uh, movie that was out last year, uh, the Lorman movie I thought was fantastic. I, I, I can't make any strong defenses for what you're saying other than it was a different time. And he's being called the king everywhere he goes. And I guess after a while, if everybody's calling you, you the king, you, you feel the like king. the king. You, you think the, you are yeah. the king in, in many ways, yeah. I'm Reality not, just fades in the background. Yeah, I, yeah. It was a different time. I'm just saying, like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Yeah. And Thank she goodness, talked about... Celebrities today are not creepy in any way. Oh, not at oh, all. Oh, no. That's she, exactly right. <laughs> she also talked about why they only had the one child. And she said a lot of it was because Elvis felt so guilty about being away from home so much when Lisa Marie was a baby and little. And, of course, Lisa Marie was only nine when Elvis died. I just think he had a life that uh, was even too much for him. He, he wanted to have yeah. a family. He wanted to have a wife. But then he's on the road, and everything that life has is, is thrown at him. And I think, you know, there's only 
there are only so many men that can, you know, control and do the, the right thing all the time. He's still bottom line a human being. For my darling. How to remember your dreams straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. I always Can you believe this is sponsored by The Crown on Netflix? The Crown's final season will premiere in two parts. Part one on November 16th, part two on December 14th. Only on Netflix. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this. I cannot believe this. We're going to talk about dreams and remembering your dreams and I know there are people who say they never ever dream and that isn't true everybody dreams but there are people about one in every 250 people who never remember a dream their whole lives imagine that so if you're someone who goes I don't dream I've I've never had a dream you might be in that very small group of people that just absolutely never remembers a dream So why don't we remember our dreams? One reason is because most of us wake up to an alarm clock and apparently all it takes is that alarm going off to like your dream is like this fragile soap bubble. And you, before you have a chance to encode it into memory, the, the noise of the alarm clock pops the bubble and it's gone. Have you had that experience where you're in this incredible dream and your alarm is going off and you're like, no, wait, no, stop and you can't hold on to it, that's the thing. The alarm clock breaks the dream. Some people are really good at remembering their dreams. And some of this is as stereotypical as you would expect. Creative people, artists, musicians, writers are better at remembering their dreams than people who tend to be more analytical, like engineers and mathematicians. But that's not the only reason that you remember a dream. There are a handful of reasons why you remember and a handful of reasons why you don't. And they're super interesting. The first reason is you have, um, you live a life where you're a very accepting person. You're curious about the world. You're curious about other people. You are comfortable with ambiguity. Like it doesn't have to be your way or the highway. People who are wired that way tend to remember their dreams. People who are, like we said, creative tend to remember their dreams. People with good memories, period, hold on to their dreams. And it turns out that people who are kind of have good cognitive skills, like they're good learners, they enjoy learning, they remember their dreams. And people with positive attitudes toward dreaming of course, are more likely to remember their dreams because they're excited about it. Women tend to be more likely to remember their dreams than men. And women have more activity in the default mode of their brain, which is the brain's dream center. And that has to do with not biology, but social conditioning, because women are more encouraged to talk about their feelings. And dreaming is emotional. And Boys are less encouraged to talk about their dreams and their feelings. Don't you find that super interesting? That the way we're socialized. How you began this, that the alarm clock, in essence, is an eraser. 
of yeah. uh, dreams. Yeah. Because, um, you know, getting up early, I don't recall very many dreams. But um, on the weekend, and last weekend was a, a pretty good example, um, I just decided to sleep in. We had nothing planned. And for two days in a row, I was having pretty vivid dreams. One of them a little uncomfortable and the other one, okay. I don't have these blissful dreams where I'm floating on a cloud taking me over the uh, Swiss Alps. You know, generally, um, it's something that could be a little, uh, that I'm working out, something a little confrontational. And it's interesting to me is very often the faces of the people in my dreams, um, are they're not people that I know. Occasionally, somebody will show up to help me with whatever this person is that I'm dealing with. But I have recently had uh, people who I recognize out of my life. In that dreams. is super interesting. Yeah. So there's a there's a structural component to dreaming that I thought I didn't know this, and I thought this was really cool. So about half your brain is gray matter, and then you know you've got white matter, and so um, people who remember their dreams tend to have, if you scan their brains, more white matter in this one very specific neighborhood of your brain. But it's not just white matter that helps you remember it; it can help with creating dreams because I've also found that there are people who develop these very, very rare lesions on their brain and their white matter, and they stop dreaming completely. So the way that your brain is built is also part of your dreaming. It's Bob and Sherry. Use the talk back feature, talk back feature. on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. So for people that don't remember their dreams, why don't they remember their dreams? Well, people who tend to be refusers, that's what they called it, refusers, um, tend to not remember their dreams. These are people who are are more controlling and not as good at interpersonal stuff. They tend to not remember their dreams. Isn't that Mm -hmm. interesting? People people with um, lower creativity tend to not remember their dreams. People that are negative about dreaming tend not to remember their dreams. And if you used to dream all the time, but you don't anymore, there's a reason for that too. Um, People who are sleep deprived tend to be dream deprived because any dreams that happen during REM sleep are the ones you're likely to remember. But when you're sleep deprived and and your sleep is all jacked up, your REM cycles are disrupted and that disrupts your dreaming. And also um, alcohol and THC, if you use both, one or the other or both, especially in the evenings, um, that suppresses um, your REM sleep, which jacks up your dreaming and your dreaming recall. So if you would like to remember your dreams, this is the thing that nobody wants to do or hear, but it really works. Sleep experts say, You have to keep a dream journal because the act of as soon as you open your eyes, even if all you remember is I dreamed that there was a dolphin and it was in my second grade classroom, write it down. Because the more that you do that, it's a wild thing. You're kind of training. The act of dream journaling trains your brain to remember dreams. And if you're convinced that you don't dream, This is the experiment to do. This sounds like hell on earth, but here we go. Are you ready? And you're going to feel awful the next day. I got to warn you. Um, Take your alarm clock. It's probably your phone. 
and set your alarm to go off every hour for the entire night. So if you go to bed at 10 p.m. and wake up at 6, you're going to set eight alarms. And every time you wake up, was I, what was I dreaming? Was I dreaming? And write it down. And at the end of that experiment, you're going to feel awful, but you're probably going to realize that you had maybe four or six dreams that you had no idea you were dreaming. Isn't that cool? This is Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. All right, the People's Movie Critic and uh, soon-to-be groom joins us right now on the line. Hey, Lamar. Just a few days hey, away, Lamar. Good. Yep. A few more days, Sherry was just saying, huh? It's time. is clicking off. It's clicking off. Yeah. And we got we got our driver, Frank, and we got the uh, the church van, and six or eight of us are coming coming down there to see you, and we're very excited about that. Good deal. Good All deal. Right. So uh, this is an opportunity for you to ask Sherry and me questions on how you can have a successful marriage. The idea that I get access to your vast knowledge of this subject, it means a lot to me. I mean, we, it really does. We appreciate that very much. Well, first off, the first question would be the obvious question is, how can you tell when the one you're marrying is the actual one? How can you tell that? Let me check that one off. Let's um, let's table that. That deserves that deserves a reflective answer. That reserves a reflective answer. So we're going to come back to that. We're going to table it. Let's let's go to your next one. Yeah, let's have the next one. Okay, all right. right. What's the secret to to handling the all important money issue? Let us have it. Just be done with it. No, we get to have it. We do? We know now we should. Oh, we, we know, know now. now. Oh, 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 oh. Work with me on this Oh, one. oh, yeah. you mean what we've learned. Yes. You have to have control <laughs> yeah. of the money. Okay? That's the secret. Have control. Have control. Now, in your situation, I'm going to get a little serious here. I think it should be your money and her money at this point, right? Are you going to keep money? What are you going to do with your money? Hell, I got no money. <laughs> That's pretty easy. <laughs> well, that works. He didn't then. ask that for himself. He just thought that would be a funny question to throw out to the two of you. That's true. You have a kid in medical school. You don't have any money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have no money. I have no money. Don't yeah. tell her. All right. Now, now here's, here's the good question, and, and, and y'all can relate to this. Like you, you know, I get up at 4.30 in the morning just like y'all do. Mm-hmm. What was the secret for y'all in getting your spouse to get up cook you a good hot breakfast before you leave the house. How'd that work out? This needs a reflective answer also. We need to table this one uh, also here. <laughs> this table's getting full. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't want to be flippant, uh, Lamar. Let's put that yeah, one aside. Yeah, there's, there's okay. a lot to uh, focus on there. All right, all right, this is a pretty important question. This is mm-hmm. mostly directed to you, Bob. Mm-hmm. How do you decide... At what time, how often you either need to remodel the house or slash go ahead and buy a new house? You should. How often should you be doing that? You should be remodeling your house every 12 weeks. <laughs> right, how many remodels should you do in the house before you just go ahead and buy a new house so you can start remodeling that house? 
Very good question. You, you should be remodeling until you have no money in your bank account, and then you should move, lose money on said house, and buy another one you can't afford even less. Did you get all that? I mean, it I is it. confusing. I'm, yeah, I'm right now. I'm furiously good. writing this down. Yeah. Now another question is you the, ba- know, right the banking is- community used me as that model, the America's banking community. This is this is how we got to where we are. So uh, it's remodel every 12 weeks. Yes, every 12 weeks. Um, And then sell the house at a loss, buy one you can't afford even more, and start remodeling that one. There you go. Okay. All right, next Uh, question. Now, now, most of us at this point work, but what I'm thinking is, is it not better for only one of us to work and the other one to stay home so that the one that's working, when, when that one gets home, dinner will be ready, house will be clean, there'll be candles burning, romance is ready. I mean, is that the way that works? Sherry, it's all yours. Yeah. I had the other one. It's all your baby. It seems to be a perfect partnership. It seems to be if one person is working, the other person will take care of all the other details. You'd think. <laughs> that was a good one, Lamar. But you know, I have to say, Lamar, it's important to remember that um, fantasies like that don't actually happen in a real marriage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't get your, don't get your paper, hopes up. Though. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't get your hopes up too high. Okay, but but okay. but that that's a nice thing to think about. <laughs> it's a nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. You got you've got another one there. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is the secret to keeping the romantic fires burning? <clears throat> oh man, you're not going to have a problem with that. You're a romantic guy. You know, yeah. you, Don't listen to him. Yeah. He is a romantic yeah. guy. That's right. That's right. Anything else we can help Yeah, with? anything else? Yeah, one more One more question. Uh, I've always heard this is the secret to total success in marriage. I've heard this is a secret. Uh-huh. What is the absolute secret to reaching perfect compromise? The absolute secret to reaching perfect compromise. Because I say compromise is the key to a, to a good marriage. How did y'all come up with such compromise that made your stuff last so long? Animal tranquilizers work for me real well. <laughs> but you know, everyone's different. Chardonnay, I guess. You know, uh, it just kind of takes the edge off. You're not, you're not going to have any problem at all, don't you think? It's you're going to, you're going to be actually happy. Yeah, you I are. Think, don't you think? Yeah, because he's a I, ladies' I man so. in the best, in the so. best way. All right, man. We got our transportation. We're looking forward to uh, coming down and seeing you. I'm headed, I'm headed out to buy the liquor today. There you go. All right. Take care. Bye bye. There's Lamar. A few days from uh, getting married. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Nominate a teacher to win a Florida vacation by going to the contest tab at bobandsherry.com. We'll pick one weekly qualifier to win Bob and Sherry swag, and they're entered to win the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida. A three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, with round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. Show your appreciation for a deserving teacher. Nominate them at bobandsherry.com. Gen Zers are moving to the mountains for a simpler life. Gen Z is over the high-tech manic life of the 21st century. Data from Storage Cafe and Lending Tree, which, you know, lends money for loans for homes, 
shows that the trend for the youngest generation of adults is to head to the mountains. The info shows Gen Z hitting the trail for the Great Plains and the Mountain West. Here are the most popular destinations for setting up their lives, whether it's renting or buying a home. Number five is Kansas. Number four is Iowa. Three is Idaho. Number two is North Dakota. And the number one relocation place for Gen Z's, South Dakota. For buying a home, the hottest spots are Birmingham, Alabama. Number two is Oklahoma City. And number one is Salt Lake City. They want to live a simpler life, or some of them anyway, and a lower cost area. It's a complete flip on millennials who gravitated to big cities. There is something to that because my uh, daughter Landon is a millennial and they were living in Chicago for uh, several years. Um, I have a niece who I'm, I'm going to guess that Haley is around 26, 27 and she's engaged to a, they're going to get married in Bar Harbor, Maine over the summer. And she's engaged to a great guy. They both can work anywhere they want to work. They can work remotely anywhere they want. And so they have decided that they're going to begin their life in the Rocky Mountains. And they're moving to uh, Colorado. Coming from, from where I came from, you, you never, I never knew anyone who said, I've always wanted to live in Arizona. I live in uh, Massachusetts right now, but I've always wanted to live in Arizona and I'm going to move to Arizona and I'll find a job and I'll start my life in Arizona because that's where I want to be. Or, you know, California is another great example that people would pick. I, I never knew anybody who did that. For me, I left home, but it was to chase a job. I left, the job could have been anywhere, but that's where I was going to be going. If I was leaving As opposed home. to going to a place, you're saying, and starting right. your life with whatever right, yeah. you could find on the ground right. there. Yeah, it's interesting. Ex- I, exactly. It is a, you know, it is something I hear like my daughters and their friends talking about all the time, strategizing where they want to, where they want to start their lives, which I think is uh-huh. pretty cool. You know, I think it's great what that they, they have saying? that. What are they that, saying? Mine, everything from um, Eugene, Oregon for for Karamea for uh, grad school to Massachusetts, um, to Germany. I mean, they're all over, literally all over the map. And of course, you know, I would like them, I'd like to be a kangaroo and keep them in my pocket, but yeah. I really want them to live. I, I just want them to be as joyful as they can possibly be. I, I think that one of the things that's different about Gen Z and the generations that came before it They've they've seen things like the millennials have just gotten punched in the face over and over again. And Gen Z has watched the struggle that the millennials have had. They've seen their Gen X parents grinding it into the ground and they're, they want to make different choices. And thanks to social media and the Internet, they have access to the world in a way that like your friends didn't at 18 like That's you true. might say, oh, yeah, I've seen Hawaii in a movie or a TV show. I'd like to go there. But you didn't have access to the whole wide world the way that Gen Z kids do. I think it's pretty cool that they think about You know, that. you're right. They can, they can go online and they can uh, type in uh, least expensive places in America to buy a house. <clears throat> and if Salt Lake City pops up, all right, let's check it out. It looks really beautiful. Birmingham, Alabama has been a hot spot for people to move to for a while. 
And um, it, it's inexpensive to live in the, the Dakotas. Obviously, it's very cold, so you have to embrace that. But a lot of people do. And it's to me, it's just interesting that they're saying, I can afford to live here. Let me see if I can find a gig that I like there. Yeah, one and one makes two. That's where I'm going. I do think, though, in your case, and I could be wrong, and I know it's very exotic to say, you know, we're going to live in Germany or whatever. I don't see them moving very far from you. Not um, permanently. I mean, you, of you, course I... so close. Of course I don't want them to. Of course I don't, selfishly. But there's another part of me that's like, live... If you can, if you have a dream, even if it's a daydream and you have a chance to make it real, go do it. I swear I'll come visit and you can come visit. Even if the, it no. isn't forever, Bob, like even if they end up, you know, coming home closer eventually, just, you know, before you get tied down in life, you should have yeah. as many adventures as you can. No, yeah. I think you're right. You're exactly right. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. I love Keanu Reeves, and I think he's one of the finest human beings to walk this planet. And so um, I fell down a little rabbit hole of kind of behind-the-scenes stories of, of some of his movies. And this is one of my very favorites. So the John Wick series, which is fantastic. Like, you may think that that's not a movie for you, but no. Lamar, tell me if you agree. The John Wick movie <laughs> franchise is fantastic. And should not it, the third one have been worse than the first one? It just keeps getting better. And you I say there's no plot. I don't care. I, it just there, keeps uh, getting better. There's there's enough plot to keep me going. Yeah, there's enough. Look, there's there's Kenu. Right. There's an injustice. Look, he's setting it right. The end. Yep. <laughs> like I'm fine yep. with that, right? This oh, is yeah. one of those movies, uh, franchises that I agreed to watch only because he's in it. Because, you know, Kevin and I can never agree on anything that we're going to watch. He's like, are there aliens in that? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, pass. And I'm like, oh, is that another cowboy movie with Dean Martin in it? Pass. And so we're always stuck. We landed on the compromise of John Wick. And it was so good that I just gobbled them all up, right? Well, yeah. the movie, the original John Wick that started it all was not called John Wick. The name of the movie was Scorn. But Kinu, when he was doing interviews about the movie, he kept mixing it up and calling the movie John Wick. And finally, the studio's marketing executive contacted the scriptwriter and the producers and said, thanks to the five million bucks or so in free marketing we've gotten from Reeves, please change the title of this movie to John Wick. And the rest oh is history. God genius and right? didn't even know it genius and didn't even know it isn't that fun so he's um kino is apparently really really focused um he spent like for one of his movies where he was um uh siberia the movie siberia which i don't know how many people have seen that but one of the things that he does in that movie is he picks a diamond up with a set of tweezers and looks at it through like a jeweler's loop but it turns out in the, in the movie, he's playing an expert in diamonds. And so an expert who works with diamonds every day would easily be able to do that. But in real life, it's so freaking hard to pick up a diamond on the first try with tweezers, get it up to your eyeball and look at it. It's just crazy that it's one of those things that's really hard. People yeah. spend years getting good at this. 
And Kinu had three weeks, three weeks to figure it out. So basically, he's worked around the clock for three weeks in order to, to be, be able, able to, to pick up the diamond with the tweezers. Now, back to John Wick for John Wick 2. And in case you're wondering, John Wick Chapter 2, why they didn't come up with a more imaginative title, I will Still remind you that it was thanks to the $5 million or so in free marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so listen to this. It's time for John Wick Chapter 2. And he plays, if you haven't seen it, he plays an assassin. And all of, like, everybody in the world of assassins is terrified of John Wick. Um, so he spent, in order to make the movie, he spent three months or so in action star boot camp where they train them in, like, hand-to-hand combat and, you know, weapons and, and driving and all the things that an action star has to do. But he didn't think that that was enough. So... <laughs> He he brought all of his props home from all the weapons. And if you've seen the John Wick movies, you know that it's really like loads and loads of cool, interesting stuff. He brought them all home. And for weeks, he just walked around his house, pulling them out, throwing the stars, whatever it was, until Dropping it was the time clip, to put shoot the clip the movie. Because he's, he's effortless. Yep. When he's on the movie, he's effortless. Yep. Effortless. And how does this how does this land for people who think he's just like dull as an actor and just pretty? And, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was really mad at him on Point Break because they went over the wall. He let, what's his name? Let him go. I, but I got over it. I got over it. He's an unbelievable actor. And you're right. His craft. I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos of him on the shooting range. And I mean, he put in hours and hours and hours. I mean, everything he does, he puts the time in, and he's able to do it. And he was the highest never, paid actor in the world at, at one time. He, he yeah. still may be. And you never hear um, you never hear him complain like, "Oh, it took me six months to be able to do this," nope. or I, nope. blah blah nope. blah. He mm. he is truly the best amongst us. It's Bob and Sherry. Yeah. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. One more behind the scenes with Keanu Reeves. This is on the set of The Matrix, which is known for a lot of things. Sci-fi, great set design, unbelievable costumes, and kung fu out the wazoo. So before they're able to shoot the movie, all the actors have to go through intensive, mad, crazy kung fu training. Almost immediately, Kinu hurt his neck, and the very first day, he was in a neck brace. And Hugo Weaving, who plays Agent Smith, a couple of days later, jacked up his hip and was on crutches. Mm. It took a bit, but they got through the training. And poor, poor Kinu, for months and months and months, he was in pain with his neck. And no sooner did Agent Smith get off the crutches than he cracked two of his ribs during the training. This is before they've even, like, shot a single frame of film. At this point, though, all of the actors were banged up, bruised up, um, injured, pulled muscles. Because if you've never done kung fu at the level that they had to learn it for this movie, you're going to get hurt, right? So they were all so bashed up that Hugo Weaving, Agent Smith, said, Ah, who even cares? Let's just do this thing. And they all, you can't tell when you watch the movie, but they were all kind of hurting. 
when they did those I no action scenes. Yeah, I had no idea. Nobody does. Nobody knows anything because Kinu doesn't complain. And by the time he got to John Wick Chapter 3, he had had so much kung fu training and so much weapons training that when it came time to do the fight choreography, he learned it on the fly and they just rolled cameras. That is the magic of the John Wick movie series when you watch it. It it just flows. I can't say enough good things about it. Like, I'm going to give the John Wick series an ice-cold 12-pack of fresh Budweiser's. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review And maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day. And here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are one in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.